Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 to 11. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out, and I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Mark chapter 1 verses 1 to 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptised by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptised you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit.
Hi there. So here we are, exiting the second lockdown and entering into our second week of Advent. That word Advent comes from, as I'm sure you know, the Latin word Adventus, meaning coming. Literally, the arrival that's been long anticipated and looked for. The unveiling of something or someone momentous. Christmas, if you've missed it, is coming. But Advent reminds us we're not there yet. Yet in this season of preparation, reflection and anticipation, we can sometimes, especially us kids, be too quick to rush to the main event, the party, the lights, the noise, the cheering, the big day, the 25th. So much so that perhaps we really miss out on something incredibly important. In that headlong rush, we can forget the incredible journey to the crib, the unimaginably bewildering emotions in Mary's heart, the unanswered questions and fears in the heart of Joseph, the excitement and willingness of the Magi to engage in and begin their long journey. I'm reminded of my amazing daughter Ellie. If you know anything about love languages, well, hers is gifts. She loves receiving them, but even more so, she loves thinking about and planning the best gift for others, uniquely chosen and deeply thought about, lovingly prepared. So think about those Magi with their painstaking thinking and careful prophetic consideration of the gifts that they would present to the Christ child at their journey's end. You know, nothing about this first Christmas was rushed. For thousands of years since that first fall of Adam in the Garden of Eden, creation had watched and waited with bated breath. The people of God, looking for their Messiah, had lamented and yearned. And what about those angels? Well, evidently from the party that finally explodes over those sheep-laden hills above Bethlehem, they had been patiently yet breathlessly anticipating the coming of the King, the final spectacular unveiling of the King of glory, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made. So for us, amidst the noise and lights and shopping, amidst pies and presents, well, maybe perhaps we don't fully reflect on the bewilderments of the shepherds, who despite their fear and confusion, in obedience, rush headlong to Bethlehem to see this wondrous sight, to worship the only thing, the only one who really matters. And for most people, I guess, the word Advent enters popular culture at just one point these days, Advent calendars. These days offering chocolates, scotch whiskey, or pork crackling. Yep, you heard me right. Behind each window, you'll find a mini bag of awesome flavored pork crackling goodiness. Yours for only 26.99. And for us in this Advent season, as we open our pork crackling Advent calendars, along with both growing anticipation and cholesterol levels, for us in this season, I want to focus again on those words that we heard from Isaiah spoken again in Mark's Gospel, prepare the way of the Lord. I love the words from verse 1 of this most famous carol. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. Yet in the dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. This, of course, is our great hope, the hope of the Christmas story, and the hope in these darkened days for our families, 
our community of Whitcomb, our great city, our nation, and the true hope for our world. We often refer to John as John the Baptist. Perhaps he should be better referred to as John the Witness. Yes, he is described as doing lots of baptising and of course baptises Jesus, but his primary role is one who testifies to the light, this everlasting light that has come into the world. So Mark, like all the other Gospel writers, quotes Isaiah 40 because they now fully understand the significance of the arrival of Jesus Christ, God in human form, and so recognise and honour John as the one lone voice of his day crying in the wilderness, crying out for people to turn to this king to fully yield their hearts and lives to him and receive fullness of life in the spirit. The people of God knew what wilderness was. They'd spent years in captivity in Egypt, endlessly wandering in circles in a desert, then as exiles under a Babylonian captivity, and of course at this point in history, now under Roman occupation and oppression. Centuries of waiting in darkness and fear, waiting for the promised Messiah. You know, often a single voice in a wilderness is barely heard, never really understood. John was like that. He was calling people back to God amongst the people who had given up, lost hope, lost in a wilderness of darkness, fear, apathy and unbelief. And maybe that sounds quite like many in and outside of the church today. Because the truth is, despite the comforts and materialistic niceties that many people experience today, the world most people actually inhabit is a society increasingly devoid of Christ and increasingly gloom-laden and uncertain. And the truth is, despite the brief joys and fleeting elations of the Christmas season, Christmas without Christ is in many ways a spiritually empty, sad, barren and stark place. A wilderness, if you like. Especially when the bills and blues of January roll in. And even more so in this COVID-dominated landscape that surrounds us. We're just millimetres below the wafer-thin facade of people's happy lives. There lurks a deep of truth, of uncertainty, fear, darkness and distress. And it was into just this kind of wilderness that John the Baptist spoke. John the Witness spoke truth. He spoke life. He spoke hope. As it's written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight and the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. God is desperate, John seems to be saying. I will come to my people, and nothing will keep me from them. As Isaiah says, See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms close to his heart. Mountains will be torn down. Valleys will be filled in. Rough places made smooth. Whatever it takes, God will come through. It's hard not to think of that Diana Ross song, Ain't No Mountain High Enough. I don't know if you've ever competed in or watched the obstacle race at a school sports day. If you're not brilliantly coordinated, you can get in a horrible mess. And in life, I think the reality for all of us, and that sometimes we certainly feel it more than others, is that life can so often feel like that obstacle course, with everything around us contending against us. The world, the flesh, the devil. Things strewn across the path of our hearts, making it really difficult to find a way. 
making it really difficult to find the way, Jesus, and for him to enter in. So in this sometimes kind of calamitous race that we call life, here again today, the closing words of that famous carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessing of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. It always has been and always will be about the heart. The heart of the problem that humans face is the problem of the human heart, where all too often the heart becomes a wilderness land, scarred, wounded and bereft. But God has made a way and our hurting, sin-blemished hearts are ones where in Christ God longs to enter in, to bring his resurrection life, to heal, transform, to make a way for hope, peace and joy. And this isn't just nice wishful thinking, this is divine intervention, heavenly heart surgery. In Ezekiel 37, God promises this, I will give you a new heart, and I'll put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So what about us? How can we prepare in this Advent season? What can we do to get ready? Well, confess your sins, John suggests. Repent and receive God's mercy and forgiveness. And extend that to others. Think about baptism or a way of declaring and reaffirming your faith. Later, Jesus will add in Mark 1, and believe in the good news. And this good news needs to be shared. Christmas is a time to boldly declare this hope that we hold to, a hope that shines in our hearts and lives. It's a hope that through generation after generation of faithful witnesses like John, many shouting into a void of apparent darkness and wilderness, that they've made known this good news to generations of hungry, searching hearts, of those longing to meet their maker. So I wonder what witnesses have helped shape your journey of faith. A parent, a teacher, a friend, a church minister, a youth leader, a grandparent, an aunt, a colleague. Each separate voice proclaiming in their own ways, some boldly, some timidly, some through deeds of service, through faithful prayer, through listening ears, through kind words or prophetic words or healing hands. Each making known the good news of this Christ child preparing the way of your heart so that he could enter in. This Advent, I wonder who you might be called to witness to, to tell of his love and light, to make some rough places smooth, so that this Christmas season they may finally understand and receive the greatest gift of all. This Advent season, may we all, like John, be faithful witnesses to the light that we have in Christ.
People of God, be glad. Your God delights in you, giving you joy for sadness and turning the dark to light. Be strong in hope, therefore, for your God comes to save. You are God's children. Lord, make us one in the love of Christ, today and forever.